So that was like really, really difficult to handle after being on this massive high of playing really well to start and then having to like restart from scratch, essentially. Mentally, what did you go to? Man, my agent's phone rang and they're like, we're going to take Corey. So I knew for a good couple minutes, I remember like trying really hard to slow my breath down and like feel my fingers and toes. And then the next thought was like, just don't trip over the stairs like challenge myself and challenge my mind to like do things that I don't necessarily want to do and do them anyways is like. Welcome to the Outliers podcast where we dissect the paths of the 1% professional does not mean perfect. In this episode, we speak with Corey Kispert, a.k.a. Corey Gatto, a name given to him by Chip. Chip gives the best nicknames, by the way, in case you didn't know. Corey is going to his third NBA season with the Washington Wizards, the team that drafted him in the first round, 15th overall in 2021. In this episode, we get to hear Corey's take on early athletics, family, some relationship nuggets, winning the day with small victories, and what that looks like to him. Please enjoy this conversation with Corey Kispert. Two-minute drill. Mm-hmm. How'd you get here? Ready? Set. Go. Uh, my my family was always like an athletic family. My parents played college sports, and immediately, like us kids, got into it. You know, and that was the way we kind of released our energy was through sports. Every season, when it changed from fall to spring to winter to summer, like my my favorite sport changed, and so I was always doing something and then basketball ended up being the one that I was probably the best at and therefore at a young age loved the most uh, because I was good at it. Um, I played everything growing up and then kind of by my sophomore year of high school I started to like narrow my focus. I knew I wanted to play college basketball and I knew that other things would kind of put me at risk for that if I really wanted to go for it. I wasn't good enough to rely on the talent so I needed the work to back it up and the time commitment to back it up as well. Um, ended up getting accepting a, schol- a scholarship at Gonzaga, played all four years there, and none of them were easy, um, and none of it was really smooth. Um, and so that's kind of where I learned that school was where I learned to handle adversity, work hard, um, show up every day, and you know be consistent, I guess. And then after college, got drafted in the NBA, um, played my first season, again, not smooth. Very, it made me really lean on what I learned at Gonzaga. And then as the year kind of came to a close and I was looking for where I knew I wanted to be here in Phoenix and I and how I got here, here specifically where I'm sitting today, um, our training staff did a lot of research about places in the area that had similar philosophies to them training-wise and lifting-wise. And, um, and you guys jumped out and then eventually... Um, they ended up reaching out to probably JLo now that I think about it and um, ended up coming in here about three weeks after I got into town and got started with Chip and you and, and you Chuck and um, really got to work and I've loved it ever since. Time. Damn. I had two minutes on the dot. 
I was going to say two minutes no matter what. I can see your watch. It's definitely not on. Dude. Oh, look at that. Two, you're on 209. 209, 210. Okay, Dude, cool. That was impressive. That goes back to like childhood days, shot clock, three, two, one, and you're fucking launching that motherfucker. Yeah, but multiply that by how many to get two minutes. <laughs> that is true. Over when, and over. In those shot clock situations, I missed a lot, and there were a lot of crazy fouls, crazy bounces, you know, time warp like <laughs> that was a foul that was reason. a foul clock malfunction like a lot of that so it probably ended up being around two minutes time now yeah coach all right I'll okay yeah so you going back to the college days you said no no year was easy mm-hmm. it was almost clunky mm-hmm. i know i had the same experience myself what, what like what was the shocking part when you got there as a freshman right like in high school, you're going to college and play hoop. You're going to go to school and you're going to play hoop just like you did in high school. Mm-hmm. What was what was some of the early adaptations that were the hardest? Yeah, my my when I my freshman year wasn't easy at all. It was actually I mean it wasn't easy at all as a whole. But the reason why is that it was actually really easy for the first like two months, and that was unique for most of the college stories that I've heard um from other people like I, I came in and had a lot of success like right away in practice and i shot the ball great and i worked hard and um ended up like i started like the first four or five games or something like that of my freshman year and i was like i was turning around i was looking around I'm like man this shit's this shit's sweet like rolled in starting like feeling great and then when it really got hard and really got difficult. I got hurt like in the fifth game or fourth game, like rolled my ankle really bad. Um, and then the guy who replaced me in the starting lineup after I got hurt, like took that job and ran with it. And he had a lot of success. So I was coming off the bench for the rest of the year. You know, the first couple games after I got back, um, definitely came back on the court way too fast and wasn't prepared to play at the level that I was. And so I struggled, you know, trusting my ankle, trusting myself. Um, and so while he really exceeded and took the job and ran with it, I struggled and um, kind of let that struggle like linger into the back half of the season, the back three quarters of the season and just was kind of never the same. Um, I knew I got better. I knew I, you know, approached things in the right way. But like the results that came out of all the work that I did, like didn't pay tribute to the beginning of the year and how great I did um so that was like really really difficult to handle after being on this massive high of playing really well to start and then having to like restart from scratch essentially mentally what did you go to man a lot I tried a lot of different things and I wasn't like really mentally strong at all and I don't even think like at the conclusion of my freshman year like I didn't really found I didn't I hadn't really found I hadn't really been able to develop that mental toughness within myself to be able to handle that kind of adversity like it was still like a work in progress even at the end of the year so it wasn't even like tied up in a bow at that point um spent a lot of time working with guys on our, with people on our staff who were helping me out kind of with my mental side I still struggle with a lot of the stuff that I struggled with then um taking myself too seriously, taking my games and my stats and the way I played way too seriously, letting those, letting that stuff like linger inside of me. And I guess what I've gotten to now is like, it's all about who you let or what you let like drive, drive your air quotes, drive your car. Um, if you let like anger and frustration and, 
um, disappointment in how you played like drive your, I guess, work ethic. Like it's a really like intense feeling, but it doesn't last for very long. It's not a very sustainable form of fuel. Um, it's fine if it's there, but it can be in the backseat. Like it can't drive your car. So, um, that's kind of what I ended up settling on. I didn't really fully buy into that and, um, rely on it until gosh, maybe like half, like another year later, half of a year later. So it took a really long time and I still have to work on it because like there's, there's days now, even that I'm, even now that I'm a pro where I do, I do get frustrated with how I play and like, I am disappointed and like having trouble sleeping that night because I played so bad and like having, and I have, and like, you know, an off day is the next day after that bad game. And I'm forced with a choice of like, do I go in and like grind it out and like wash the bad taste out of my mouth or like, do I need a break? And I used to think like, no, I don't need a break. Like I need to work this out. I need to figure it out. But sometimes just like stepping away and having a fresh, a fresh reset for the day following when you have to practice or play again is like the best thing you can do for yourself. So, um, being mature about how I feel and what's going to be good for me rather than just like grinding myself, you know, to a powder is really, really important. And I mean, we're going to go over some of the, some of the, some of the habits and routines. Mm-hmm. So I do want to get back to yeah. some of that. Cause I think that's truly valuable for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, during your, you mentioned the first, the success for the first two months being there. What did you do to lead up to that? Like, you know, what happened? I mean, it was, that was really interesting. Cause I, I didn't expect myself to be that successful. That's that quick because I was coming off of like my only, you know, knock on wood, my only major injury up to this point where I'm sitting here today is was my senior year of high school. It broke my foot, had to have like pretty major and honestly pretty risky surgery in order to fix it. Um, and it ended up working out great. But I like remember only being a full participant in like, you know, on court stuff and weight room stuff probably for about two weeks before I headed into summer school that season. So it was a really, really short runway and maybe like that like reset of like not being able to work and having to rehab from an injury like helped me and helped me like kind of reset and play that well. Um, but it was true. It was honestly a shock to me because I didn't have the summer of work that I wanted to, you know, on paper because of that injury. So forced you to take essentially take a break and might have honestly helped help totally because what's the alternative? What would you what do you think? You oh, would've I would have been I would have been trying to be in the best shape of my life, um, having my game in the peak, you know, the peak of what it's ever been, you know, busting my ass trying to do cardio and weights and prepare for the physicality of it, and I probably would have showed up for camp, you know, in June like being like worn out and not like fresh and ready to go. The process. Mm -hmm. When did you take notice that you're pretty damn good at basketball? (laughs) Well, and like in college was when I kind of went through a whole, like, I guess character development of me being a really good basketball player. Cause I started out great and then I sucked and sucked for a while and then at the end of my sophomore year, we had a we had a pretty good team uh, during my sophomore year, and um, but we had a lot of like pros on that team too. Um, so I was in the backseat, kind of watching and learning. And um, I remember at the end of my sophomore year, like pretty much everybody, whether it was transfers or pros 
or um, one guy like decided to quit playing in college and he's from he's from he was from Serbia. He decided to like go back home and play professionally in Serbia instead of coming back for his sophomore year or junior year or something like that. So he was gone too. And um, I remember like looking like I literally there's a there's a picture of me like you know have you seen the 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 meme of Will Smith from Fresh Prince where he's in the living room and he's like literally the only one in the living room right. and he's got his like hands in his pockets and he's like looking around. Where is everybody? Yeah, like that's that and someone tweeted that photo, put my face on Will Smith's face and it was like Corey Kisper right now, like Jeez. for Gonzaga. Like there was nobody coming back. We had no idea what this team was going to look like at all. And um, some of the guys who decided to try to play professionally ended up like pulling their name out of the draft and coming back. We got a lot of grad transfers coming in. Freshmen played a really big role in that team too. We ended up putting a team together, but I remember in that summer I was like the only one that was like really truly slated to come back um, that played like significant minutes the year before. And I was working out in the gym after, you know, like after the season was over, but school was still in session and Coach Few came in the gym and he like, stopped my workout and he like literally like put his arm around me he's like don't worry man like we're gonna have a team around you like we're gonna we're gonna put a team together like trust me um and he ended up doing it and like that year from like you can split my college career into from like you know people thinking like oh you'd be pretty good like oh be a pretty good overseas pro um he'll find a job in europe um you know to the second half of my career like oh shit like this guy could play in the nba um like my game like skyrocketed those last two years and I had a chance to go to the NBA at the end of my junior year, decided that wasn't the right choice, came back for my senior year. And then that's when it like really took off and really kind of got exciting for me. So I really didn't know how it was going to be like I wanted to be. And that was my dream. But like, I didn't know that, like I didn't truly believe that it was going to happen until like, you know, a couple games into my junior season. So it, it sounds like, you know, my experience and your experience, regardless of what college athlete it is, it's a it's a continually humbling experience, mm -hmm. and uh, you know you never know where you're at really day to day, right? Going into it freshman year, almost I know for some it's just ignorance is bliss. Yeah, almost you don't know the gravity of the situation. You're just still doing your yeah. thing, right? Playing you basketball, you right? Yeah. You haven't it's too early to really experience like, okay, we're, we're going to the tournament and we're on a charter flight and all these different things and all the attention that you're getting and everything else. But still at the same time, now that throws in a, a completely other big wrench into the equation. Like, okay, now you're taking completely out of your routine and your rhythm and everything. And how do you stay focused? And it, I'm going at like, now you have to have a good coach, mm -hmm. right? And coach few is obviously like, one of the best there is when he put his arm around you and said, don't worry, we'll be all right. When, when a coach like that says something to you, as soon as he says that, you're like, Oh yeah, we're good. Yeah. And he had this really weird way of, I mean, he does it for a reason. I understand it now. And you and I have talked about this. Like when you're in season and you're a young kid, you know, you're 19 and you're 20, you see how these coaches who are grown men and have been doing it for a long time operate during the season. And you're like, why would they ever do it that way? Why are they so like, why are they such a hard ass? Why are they, you know, why are they, you know, cussing guys out and like in such a grumpy mood all the time and stressed. Um, and coach view was like that during the season. Like he was, 
he was about his business during the season. And then as soon as the season ended, the next day, he invited he was inviting guys out to the lake. He wanted to know if you wanted to, you know, if your classes were going good. He was asking about your family dog, like like flip switched. And I was, I always thought that was so confusing. And I guess the number one, the way that he came up to me like and told me that with confidence, like I could see he just wasn't stressed about it. He was just like, Yeah, we'll we'll figure it out. Like I know we will. Um and then also like it wasn't just like, yeah, we'll put a team around you, Corey. It was like, no, we'll put a team around you. You know, like you. You're the guy. And so the way, and he didn't tell me that, but like the way that he's like put emphasis on that word, like kind of instilled a lot of confidence in me. Like, okay, not only are we going to have a team that can compete, but like I can be the centerpiece of the team that competes. So um, a lot of unwritten or unsaid words in that statement, I guess. Those personalities are strong, unwavering. Strong. Yeah. Less is more with. I only met him once briefly, just a minute or two. The humility in how he presented himself and everything with it's a it's a, a confident humility, mm-hmm. right? Like Yeah. You know you're not going to get one over on him, but he's not trying to play a, a higher hand than dealt. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I mean in the the only place where he's gonna, he's going to assert his authority is with referees and other than that he is like, I am just as good as everybody else, but I'm no better than everybody else. You know, like no one's going to pull a fast one on me. No one's going to play me for anything. I'm going to have a backbone, but like I'm going to treat everybody with respect. So would you say that that's the turning point of? It felt just- like it. Yeah, it felt like it for me. Um, I just, that's, that's kind of where I was just like, okay, like this is my team now. Or like I can make this my team if I want it, and if I work hard enough, and if I play well enough, like this can be my team. Um, and I'm not, not saying like I was the only really good player on that team, but like that's when it went from like Corey is kind of a role player who does a specific thing to like we're gonna give Corey the keys now and see what he can do. Um, so that's was more of a turning point for me, just mind space and mentality wise to turn it up a notch. Knowing that. Few was putting you at the center of it. Did that change how you behaved, acted, spoke, uh, competed on the court? Did you feel like you had to get more vocal, or was it just still lead by action, speak up when necessary, help the underclassmen if they mess up, help them, build them up? Yeah, exactly. It didn't. It didn't change anything about the way I prepared or the way that I worked or what I was trying to work on. But it definitely changed, like the way I interacted with the guys and the leadership, I just started to develop more of a voice and be more of a vocal leader rather than just someone who worked his ass off and hoped everybody saw that and followed. You know, like you have to, when you put years in and you have two years under your belt, especially in college, like you can afford to speak up more and you know guys will listen rather than just like, who's this jackass who's talking all the time? He hasn't done anything yet. And it's a delicate balance, but like I was able to kind of step into that and be more of a vocal leader for sure. Take us through draft night day. Uh, it was a very sweaty day. It was a very <laughs> nervous day. Paint um, that picture for us. Well, the picture, I don't know if you want to, I mean, it depends on what picture you want to talk about, but for me, like, to, to touch on the sweaty part, the <laughs> I had... Not specifically that, but I had, you could throw that in there. I had a suit jacket, a collared shirt, a t-shirt, and I had like these like sweat pads that you can buy specifically for your armpits that you stick on that's supposed to absorb sweat. And I still sweat through all of it. And like when you can you can see in the photo of me shaking Adam Silver's hand, there's like a mark under my right shoulder. Under, yeah, under my right shoulder of like pit stains. Like I sweat through the whole thing. So I was super nervous. I was um, 
you know, it's kind of the day where, you know, like, I mean, it's cliche, but it's the day where your life changes. Like you are getting paid a ton of money to play a game now and the game you always loved. You are in a brand new city that chances are you've never been to before. And like you kind of have this realization of like, I have a job now, like I'm a full blown adult. Like it's not fun and games all the time anymore. Um, and, but like the actual day itself, I mean, I have, I invited everybody that, you know, family and friends and people who've helped me along the way. Um, we're all there. And then whether I got to see him or not, cause things got really crazy after I got picked, like knowing everybody was there and supporting me in that building was awesome. Um, and pretty much like right after the draft, it was like straight into media and straight into like go to DC and visit with people and spend a couple days. And it was like, it was if the day, I mean, it was three days, but it felt like two weeks with just how much stuff I had to do. What did it feel like? I remember like not being able to like feel my fingers and toes. Um, because I mean, like, especially now with how fast things can get communicated over the phone or on social media, like I knew I was going at that point. Like I knew, I knew when I was gonna get picked, like as soon, as soon as the the team before my pick chose, my agent's phone rang and they're like, we're going to take Corey. So I knew for a good couple minutes, I remember like trying really hard to slow my breath down and like feel my fingers and toes. And then the next thought was like, just don't trip over the stairs. <laughs> like fundamentals, dude. Fundamentals. fundamentals. Yes. Go back to your fundamentals. Don't trip over the stairs. Um, and then it just was like pure joy and happiness. Like I just was so, so happy to, to be there. And then, you know, honestly, like with big events like that, um, whether you win a big game or you, you know, start your career that you've been wanting to have since you were five or whatever it is, like that moment of joy, like probably only lasts for, you know, that intense for like 15 minutes. And then you look around, you're like, okay, well, not what? And so like immediately after that, like I was ready to get to work and I was ready to play again and ready to, like, I really, I really truly soaked in that moment. And then I was like, okay, like what's next? What's gonna, what's the next step? I guess. Well, that's why you're a pro, right? Yeah. It wasn't okay. I'm gonna go do my obligation in D.C. I'm gonna go back home and I'm gonna get trill for a week, mm-hmm. and then I'll get back to work, right? No, no. Sign, signs of a pro. Mm-hmm. What are you currently le- learning about yourself? I mean, he's pretty damn perfect. It's gonna be a short <laughs> list. That fucking no. hair. I'm not hitting yeah. on Jen. Yeah, the I'm hair. Currently, what hair products work best for me? Which, by the way, Corey's wedding party, hands down, leading the league in best hair. <laughs> Every one of them. It proud was pretty impressive. I'm proud of that. We had a yes. lot of different haircuts and styles and hair color, and it was great. Yeah, I'm really, really proud of the boys for that one. Um, what am I learning about myself now? Um, I think I'm learning a lot about like the diff or how do I say this? How do I put this? Like big umbrella statement, like what truly makes me happy, what truly like fulfills me. And like, I think there's a lot, and I've learned throughout my career that there's so much value in like struggle and so much value in adversity. And like, and that like your life is not, and never will be like margaritas on the beach all the time. Like you, that's, that's a small, small portion of your life, but like where you need to find your, your happiness and what makes you happy is in like every single day, like the boring stuff that you do. And so for me, like 
when I got here, like I immediately, like when I got here last summer, like I started getting up early, um, getting my workouts done early. And like now, now I get up, you know, a few minutes earlier and I have a cold tub at home and like straight out of bed, like straight in the cold tub, things like that to like challenge myself and challenge my mind to like do things that I don't necessarily want to do and do them anyways is like base level, like man love, man, manhood level, like training my mind for and training myself for the future. Like when you have kids, which is just going to be like the greatest blessing of your life. But if you get home at three o'clock in the morning from a game and your kids are up at seven, like, do you want to get out of bed to like play with your kids? Like, no, but you do, you do anyways. And so finding that like kind of mastering my mind and like trying to really be intentional about day-to-day stuff that doesn't seem fun and doesn't seem exciting but like in really truly enjoying it and soaking it all in is something that I found a lot of joy in, especially this summer. Um, and like kind of getting to know myself that way. And I've found that like less and less stuff makes me happy and more and more like things that happen just along, like throughout the day that don't really stick out. Like those are the things I look back on when I lay my head on the pillow. I'm like, that was really cool today. That was really cool today. So kind of embracing more of that and less, I don't know, conventional stuff. I mean, to touch on how much you talked about at the beginning, like, like you know it's going to be a rocky road. There's going to mm-hmm. be a lot of adversity. There's going to be a lot of wins, a lot of losses. But the consistency of the effort, right, is mm-hmm. there. So the two years we've known each other, you've been one of the most consistent athletes I've ever worked with. So you'll you'll come in here after 6 a.m. start, hoop practice Mm -hmm. i don't there's maybe been a couple workouts you've come in where you didn't have hoop before Mm -hmm. but i couldn't have told the difference right Mm -hmm. so you know these are the things i have to do as a pro to earn my keep right and earn your keep i don't know if that's the right phrase you get you know what i'm getting at though like to, to to stay relevant to compete to to you know to get satisfy your year. cravings yeah. for what you want to do. Yeah. But the consistency of effort is like in dealing with the adversity and it's a, a not, you know, everybody's out to get me cards are against me. That's when you got to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm. And there is a time where you can, you know, give yourself that 15 minutes, like after the draft and like, okay, what do I got to do? Yeah. Or give yourself the 24 hour rule, give yourself 24 hours. But it's not about winning every game. It's about winning and losing, figuring out, adapting, and trying again. Know, knowing mm-hmm. what it is and whiskey throttle it yeah. and attack it. Right? Yeah, and it's it's like like one thing that I've also learned too is like no matter who you are, everyone's got problems. Everyone's got shit they're dealing with, right? Everyone's got stuff they got to figure out. And like I think that satisfaction in your life like comes with figuring out prop like tackling adversity that's in front of you and like doing something really difficult and completing it and thankfully and i'm and, I, and i'm so thankful for this like the problems that i've chosen to deal with in my life and like tackle every single day are problems that i love dealing with so yes it sucks to get up at you know 5 15 every morning and jump straight into a cold up it sucks to like work out in the morning even when you don't when you don't want to it sucks to come in here and like throw heavy weight around even when your body doesn't feel like really heavy yeah (laughs) not really but um throw heavy weight around when you don't feel like it but like 
everyone's got stuff they're going they're doing with and i love my job and i'm so happy that i get to like work on trying to get better at it every single day because there's plenty of people who hate their job and don't like what they do and have problems in front of them that's like really truly does suck and so um you know everyone's got stuff going on and everyone's got problems in their life but like finding the thing that you enjoy having a problem with is like something I've kind of started to really groove and I'm I'm enjoying it so much. Going back to what are you learning about yourself as far as the thought process of what makes you happy, right? Recently, what like small thing makes you happy that it's kind of might be silly. It might be a fresh cup of coffee in the morning or something small that you found to really enjoy. Mm. In the morning... Like, in the morning when I get up, like, I really, really enjoy, like, I enjoy, it's, I, I've started to, like, hop in, hop in the cold, cold tub, and then, like, like, the, obviously, when you get in, the first 15 seconds is, like, terrible, especially out of a warm bed, it sucks, but then I've found that, like, getting out and, like, feeling, like, the blood rushing back into my legs and my body again, and then, like, I also just, like, sit there eat my breakfast before I leave and like I like journal and like write like write notes and stuff like that that quiet time I guess is like there's literally nothing going on the lights are barely on there's no music there's no podcast there's no nothing like there's nothing going on in my brain but like that time of like that 10 minutes where I'm just kind of sitting there and getting started as I'm feeling like that blood rush back into my legs is like super super nice and i've loved it and i love like getting an early start in the morning and like driving to the to the place where i get shots up in the morning and have an encore workout and seeing the sunrise now like that 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 stuff is amazing um and then like now that i have now that i have a wife and now that i'm like getting started on a marriage like the little stuff that happens between you and your wife that you you know it's not flowers that you bring home and it's not like the date you go on it's like the way that she greets you at the door it's the way that you like look each other look at each other across the room it's when you like clean that last dish when you don't really want to like that stuff is what like fuels that fire and makes it sustainable you know on the court in relationships with your friends um all that stuff what do you journal about um i journal about i mean i, I do things that i'm thankful for um and then I do things that I'm thankful for. I just write about the day that's coming up, things that are coming in my head, stuff that's coming down the horizon. It's just like a brain dump, essentially, for the first, you know, six, seven minutes, just writing as much as I can. Um, and then the last three minutes, like I always, I mean, I'm up at, I'm up early, I'm up way more for my wife, and I always like write my wife a note, close it up, put it on a bedside table before I leave. So like that's kind of like the 10 minute routine. Damn. Bro. I'm deleting that, I'm Rachel. Not Elisa, yeah, I'm not letting Elisa listen to this one. Oof. That's pro right there. That's a lot, that had a lot of training, though, because I like she didn't come out with me my first two years in D.C. She was here still during the season, and so I was three years ahead of her. I was three hours ahead of her on the time zone, so I was up like you know four in the morning Arizona time, 7 a.m. over there, and like I, that's what I would always do. I would journal, and then I would like thought it would be a nice idea to like write her a note and like have it there for her when she wake up on see on her phone. And it's just like that little like extra mile, extra step stuff that like makes a big difference when you're not together. And so I just was like, well, I'm already in the habit of it. So I might as well just do it now too. Just small question. What do you, do you write your journaling on a scrap of paper? Or do you have a specific journal? Notebook no, I have like or? a, I have like a notebook and then, um, 
like we have like a bunch of like lined paper and I just like tear lined paper in half and fold that up and give it to her. So it's a little bit of a hybrid situation. Are you? Yeah. If you're like me, you don't like ripping a page yeah. in your journal, right? You no, feel like you can't rip it in the journal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You remember what you wrote to her this morning? It was a short one this morning, hmm. I think. And I knew she was going to be out and about a lot today. So I was like, make sure, make sure you drive safe. Like text me when you get up. Like it's really nothing like special at all. Like nothing like lovey-dovey or anything. It's just like basic stuff, but it goes a long ways. Fundamentals never go out of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that is special. I mean, the consistency of it, the thought of it, knowing. What I say that, consistent. Knowing what she's gonna be doing the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. That's special. So don't think it's not. I hope so. I hope they're going a long way. They are. Yes. All right, so we touched on a lot of routines and habits that you've uh, that you've gone through that you do. Uh, kind of to sum this up a little bit more, be more specific. Anything recently that has helped your performance that you've picked up very very recently? Um, it's just like I would. I really. Yeah. I guess. Yes. The answer to that question is yes. And it's. I. I just. Like I'm very like I'm more intentional now about going to bed than I ever have. Like I'm like I've started to get in a habit now of like when I get into bed and it's time to go to sleep. Like there's no like scrolling, no on the no time on the phone. Like I can I can scroll on the couch and like if I'm not ready to go to bed yet, I'll scroll on the couch and I'll be on my phone on the couch. But like when it's time to bed, it, it's time to go to bed. It's time to go to bed. So I like set the alarm, put the phone down, and like that's it. And it's helped me like go to sleep earlier because when you get up early, like obviously you need to like make up for that and go to sleep earlier. And just like I found, I found that like nothing after now when I have morning workouts, nothing after 1030 really like is of any significance to me. So like, why do I need to be up for it at all? Um, so you're just like putting my phone down and like really like quit like wasting time in bed, like scrolling around cause 15 and 20 and 30 minutes go by really fast when you do that. And it, it eats you up on the back end. What time? So you said 10.30? Yeah, 10.30-ish. Yeah. That's when, like, head's on the pillow. What's your su- sweet spot for time? Like, amount? Like, hours? Yeah. Um, if I can get, if I can get, like, as close to seven as possible, that's pretty much money. Like, I won't need, I'm not, like, dragging in the middle of the day or need a nap or whatever. Um, and then it's crazy because on the weekends, like, I'm not getting up early to go work out on the weekends. So, like... If I do end up going to bed, you know, 1130 midnight, 730, you know, eight o'clock rolls around and I'm like up. So like it's going to be seven hours, whether whatever way you slice it. It's not like I'm going to sleep in forever anyways. Do you have any mentors? Hmm. I would say my biggest mentor and it's not like a official mentorship, like he's my mentor and I'm his mentee and like that's the relationship we have. But um the person that I've learned the most from and feel the most confident asking advice from is definitely my dad. Um, he's where I learned number one, to love to, to play and to love basketball. And then also like when you want to talk about like consistency and talk about, and you guys were very nice in the compliments you gave me. And I've learned that I'm willing to 100% deflect that to my learning that from my dad. Um, like he had a, he had like a routine, he had a routine. He still has a routine. He's, he was out of the house every morning before the kids got up and he was back at home at the same time every single day. 
like when a lot of guys when you when you work as hard as he do when he when you work as hard as he did um to support his family sometimes like the time with your family gets compromised but like that never was the case with him i mean he was always home at the exact same time and he poured his energy into us kids um and i saw the attitude in which he did that and it like you know as a kid like you just follow what your parents do you know and so seeing that out of my dad like that's the only way i knew how to work was working the way that he did and um like i've definitely thanked him for that now and he knows about that now and um like i'm so i'm so happy he like probably unknowingly gave me that model to try to like be like i guess how did he respond when you you thanked him for that or acknowledged it i mean he yeah, he he was he was really happy he was thankful and he's like thank you like it means a lot to me like all i wanted to do was during those days was to like come home and spend time with you guys but like i'm so happy that you understood that um like the work i was doing was like for for you um i mean he like i mean he also is like a basketball junkie himself so any excuse he could have to like well, come and watch me play or watch my brother play or even my sister when she played was like something he was going to like jump on right away so um yeah he wasn't missing a game it's not like he didn't like going to games and he forced himself to he just he loved doing it so um yeah but he was also like that's just kind of what that's just kind of what i do like this is that's just who i am and i'm glad you like took notice what other qualities do you look for in mentors um I kind of, I mean, in mentors specifically, I look for people who are like a lot, I don't know, a lot wiser than I am. And I guess that's kind of a relative thing, but like you got to, in order to like be a good mentor, I firmly believe that you got to like, you got to, you need to have like gone through some shit in order to like learn from it. You can't just talk hypothetically about things that you haven't experienced or lived. Um, so I guess that's one thing. And then some, and then specifically in the area, whether it's relationships or basketball or, um, really anything else, like they got to be better at me, better than me by a wide margin at what I'm trying to get advice about, you know? So like they got to have been married for 30 years or they have to, um, have worked at the same job for 30 years or, um, you know, better shooter, hall of famer, um, someone who's like one NBA things like that. Like you have to have, have like more of a footprint in that basketball sense of that relationship sense than I have for me to like want to learn from you, I guess. So what you're saying is you'll never have a mentor is a, because of the better shooting thing. That's no, they're, they're you're your own. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm my own mentor. That's that, that could get, that could get troublesome really quickly. I don't want to get that. No, yeah. I know you're, you're, you're far too humble for that, but I, you know, thanks. It's a classic. So you're saying you're saying Chip can be your mentor on ankle dorsiflexion because yeah. he's a fucking monster. Chip is my dorsiflexion. I'm pretty proud of my dorsi. Yeah, it's yeah. fucking yeah. nice. Catches pens like a madman. I got really a Hall catcher. of Famer. Yeah, make that pop. That's really hot. Thank you. You're welcome. Makes me feel young. <laughs> you're younger than all of us in the brain. Totally. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll take that. I take that. I wasn't gonna say that, but. I, I accept it, and I I'm just kidding. respect it. I'll wear that crown. Mm-hmm. Tiara? Sure. Why not? Whatever it is. Sash? Yeah. No sash. Okay. 
So we kind of touched a little bit on this. Maybe there's another story out there that we didn't go over yet. But in your career, when did you feel the most self-doubt, followed by what practices helped you overcome that? Mm. It's the first, it's either the first year that I was in college. We already touched on that, that like injury and then trying to kind of get back. And then also the first year in the league too. Um, like for my standard, we've already talked about the college. And so we'll right. just say, I guess we'll talk about the pro now. Like Perfect. the, like the, uh, the, they didn't do it on purpose. I know they didn't, but like from, we have two courts in our practice facility and the court that we always practice on from one of the baselines, you can look up to your left and there's a big whiteboard in one of the coaches office that has the depth chart written on it. And like when you're struggling, like I was, and I had one of like, I had probably like the worst three months shooting the ball that I've ever had in my entire lifetime in like the first three months of me playing in the league. Like I couldn't hit the broadside. I couldn't throw a pee in the ocean. Couldn't do it. And um, like kind of looking up and like looking at the depth chart and seeing where I was compared to the rest of the team and like the rest of my position. And it just like never moved. I was like, you know, bottom of the list essentially. And I was just like, man, like, when are like when is it going to get better when is it like and and there was a ton a ton of self-doubt and then couple that with being in a new city where you don't know anybody and all of your family and friends are like in a different place on the other side of the other side of the country country, you naturally like feel on your own and um i felt that definitely felt that way on the basketball court even though there were a ton of people who are who are in the organization that like were helping me a ton it just didn't like sink in with me um, and honestly, like, and I don't know what clicked in my brain, but I do know that I guess COVID killed a lot of people's or like COVID in basketball, like made a lot of people's situations a lot worse just because of, you know, having to sit out because they got sick or, um, you know, a million of a million other things it like not having fans in the stands kind of like made a lot of bubbles nba bubble all that stuff but for me like we played a season my my rookie season there was still a lot of like there was testing every day and all that stuff and for some reason somehow some way um we like i never got i never got sick never got sick my rookie year not once and so when all of the rest of my team was and they were out for, you know, 10 days, 14 days, whatever. Like, Corey's still healthy. And they're looking around. They're like, who can we play? And Corey's still healthy. Like, I, you know, play me. Like, mm-hmm. I'm ready. And so they had to throw me in. And, like, that, you know, kind of three-week stretch where guys were getting sick and, and the bug was running through our whole team, um, it just didn't touch me for some reason. And, like, I got a ton of experience there. I got a longer leash because I needed to have the longer leash to like put a team together. Um, that kind of helped me like snap out of it. And then after that was like middle of the season, that was January or so. Um, like I just like, I, I blossomed from there and I've started to like kind of have an upward trajectory from that point. Um, I guess just a little bit more of experience and belief um, allowed me to believe in myself. And then the belief from the coaches, whether they, were forced to or not because of roster numbers helped me kind of, you know, flick my game back into shape. It's interesting to think about, you know, baseball is so different than hoop and the NFL and NHL where there's the tiers that you have to work through to get there. Yeah. Like there's gotta be a lot 
on your shoulders, right? Where you're going straight from college and straight into the league. Like there's not much time to figure it out. Mm-mm. Right. Mm-mm. So and chance and like, you know, I mean, you know, this with a lot of the pro guys that you've worked with MLB guys that have had a windy path or NFL guys that you worked that windy path, like chances only come around, like true chances only come around like every so often for guys that aren't like solidified. And like the guys that were, you know, minor league guys for a long time or G league guys for a long time. And then like the chance came along and they took advantage of it. And now they're like, stamped like everyday starters you know in whatever league they're in like that chance just kind of like there were a couple of others to start the season that I didn't really take advantage of and I was starting to look down and like kind of time's ticking like when's like when do I throw in the towel when is like when is the when is the next opportunity going to come if there is one at all and then that chance kind of fell into my lap and like thank the lord I took advantage of it and actually like played well during that time because like that was kind of the big one for the entire year, I knew a chance like that wasn't going to come around, you know, again. What did you do to prep yourself for that opportunity? Like, is it, you know, looking back at former journals that you wrote, wrote mm-hmm. in or like, like very specific practices that you had? Like, I'm writing in my journal every day and reflecting back on what I was doing great at this point. This is what I'm going to implement. Or do I get 30 minutes of shots up after practice? Uh, anything like that yeah it wasn't it wasn't like like I knew I knew the process that I had and I knew the routine that I had like was a good one Hmm. it wasn't like I like I was playing all of a sudden so now things changed completely and I jumped to a brand new routine it was like doubling down and like investing twice as much as I had before in my routines um yeah it was looking at old journals it was like talking to I like really invested in our you know, every NBA team, I don't know if it's like this in other pro leagues, but every NBA team has a licensed, like, sports psychologist on their staff. So, like, really investing in that and, like, developing a personal relationship with them um, and kind of have, having them there to, like, talk through all this stuff and, like, get it, whether it was getting my ideas or thoughts out on the page or, like, speaking them to somebody kind of helped me play more free. And then that combined with, like I said, doubling down on the work that I was already doing and the routines that I was already do, already doing. Um, you know, the hoop just felt a little bit bigger and the, you know, the plays like slowed down just a little bit, you know, a little bit more. And I was able to kind of find my groove, um, not by changing anything drastically, but like really investing and doubling down on what I was already doing. Well, I think that the routine is a pretty common word, right? When mm-hmm. with high level athletes that, you know, the routine's pretty polished. If you've been at, at the point you're at after four mm-hmm. years of Gonzaga and the NBA, I think that's one of the things I've found with the the veterans and and more mature younger athletes is that like they know they've put work in, they know they're going to keep doing the work. It'd be too easy to just, if things aren't going well to abandon the routine and you know, well that ain't working, you know, scrap it all. We're going to start fresh. Or you can come back after giving yourself that quiet time away from the court, Mm -hmm. you come back, you go through your routine just like you did. And it had, at the end of the day, the athlete has to trust themselves, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. that's, you're, you're a quality teammate. I, I witnessed it firsthand at a Suns game when you guys were in town. So if a teammate of yours makes a mistake or they miss the game-winning shot or they make that foul the last couple of seconds to give the other team free throws, whatever it is, you don't lose trust in your teammate. 
you still trust them the same as, as you did prior to that, right? Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of athletes, if they're the ones that that happens to or they're the ones that make the mistake, they they lose more trust in themselves than they do in their teammates, right? Yeah. So it's, it's like we've talked about already earlier, you know, trust the process, trust your routine, trust your support system. And above all else, you have to keep the trust in yourself if you're going to keep doing what you're doing because it is not easy and it's going to be shoveling piles of duty Mm -hmm. over the course of it but never lose trust in yourself because i know i don't like speaking for other grown-ass men but i'm going to speak for charleston on this one and lando when you guys are out playing if you don't hear from us during this season we know there's a lot going on but i guarantee you we think about you motherfuckers all the time. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's like you don't you don't feel like you got something to lean on or it's a lonely feeling, like whether it's sport or otherwise, right? But you can always trust mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Yeah, you're exactly right. And like it's so it's like it's it's the the magnifying glass is never hotter than when you point it on yourself, you know? And like every athlete that's played at any level knows that like you just have this like super intense um standard for yourself and the way you want to play and it gets really really hard when you know you're doing the right things all the time and doing the right things every day when you don't want to and um, when you do want to and no matter how you're feeling you're still like doing what you're supposed to do but like the results aren't coming and um it's like the the old like what you said reminded me of like in the old like story about the sculptor who's like hitting a block a hundred times or hits a block hits a block and he hits the block you know a hundred times and nothing a hundred times and nothing moves and then on his 101st strike like the brought the the rock crumbles and he's able to start working and he knows that it wasn't the 101st first block or 101st strike that broke the rock it was the hundred that came before it you know so like at any point your luck can break and at any point you can change the course of your life or your career um if you're doing the right things every single day and you can trust that but you have to also know that you don't know when it's going to happen and like you have to be okay with doing the work over and over and over again without knowing when that rock is going to crumble fuck that's all i do i love that mm-hmm. it's a good one i'm gonna use it's that a really rock good one, one. Mm-hmm. is there anything that you're working on that uh we should be aware of i'm aware about um anything cool fun anything you want to shout out promote there's there's nothing there's a lot of ideas rattling around in my brain and um we don't really know if any of them are good yet or any of them are worthy of like really jumping into and diving into but there's a couple you know really cool stuff with things that you know jen and i are both interested in or have personal connections to that we're trying to get started over the course of um this next season, you know, dipping our feet in the water and seeing if it'll stick and then hopefully trying to dive into what I think is some really cool and powerful, impactful stuff. Um, so nothing to shout out yet, but if it is, you know, if we circle back here, you know, a year from now and then things are starting to move, then I'd be happy to shout it out. But, you know, I'll leave a teaser for now. Stay tuned. Mm-hmm. To be continued. Loading. One more question. You're currently in the shoes of one of your former college teammates as a senior. You were a senior. Mm-hmm. How does that teammate remember Corey Kisper? I hope he remembers 
me as somebody who really, really cared about his business, really cared about the, the craft and like honoring and working on it and trying to perfect it. But like also at the same time, like never at the detriment of his teammates and his guys, like I know that I worked hard and a lot of my teammates have told me that before they really got to know me, I came across as like too serious and like kind of abrasive and like not really fun because I really did care. Um, but like, I just wanted everybody to play to their potential. Everybody to have a ton of fun and everybody to like grow together. I didn't really have much of any tolerance as a senior, especially for anything outside of that. Um, and thankfully the guys that did tell me that they thought I was too serious and abrasive and like, didn't really care for anybody, like have finally turned the corner and those are some of my best friends now, thank God. Mm -hmm. But, um, I hope they remember me as like a really, really good leader who, you know, like I said, cared about his craft, but also would never get, let that get in the way of his guys. I think that's, that's some of that just comes from them not having had to walk in your shoes or as long. Yeah. And as many miles in those shoes, right. It it, it ends up coming to light, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's just, again, the journey of it all. Um, like you're a quality human being, right? Thank you. you. I told you the other day, the Kisperts somehow seem to know how to shrink the world, (laughs) right? You bring people together. You're one of those guys. Another guy that comes to mind like that is Cole Tucker. And there's, you know, not to discount or discredit any of the other athletes that have been like that, that understand the bigger picture of things. The common theme, though, is one family, mm-hmm. right? You love your family. You respect your roots. You respect the people that gave you the opportunity. If praise comes, you deflect, right? Mm-hmm. Those are all huge, major qualities, right? So all these things, all these great things that you shared with anybody listening to this, it just shows that... uh you're going to continue to make a big impact on the court. And like you said, who knows, to be continued next off season, if it's not next off season, if it's the one after that, God willing, I'm, I'm still communicating with you through the process. Um, but you're going to do great things on the court and all that's going to do is lead to bigger, better things off the court. And I told your parents this at the reception. I said, look, He's going to have a quality career. But the thing is, at the end of the day, it's not going to be what you did on the court that everybody's going to remember most, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's going to be impactful. Don't get me wrong, because I'm a, I'm a jock, meathead strength coach, and I love the competition. I love all that. But it's what's in your head and what's in your heart and what's in your soul that is going to do so many big things for so many people, and it's just going to snowball and compound. And that's that's what this whole thing is about. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, before Charleston asked these last two questions, respect. Never change who you are. His nickname is Corrigato because he's a jungle cat. And lands like a jungle cat. And uh, much love and respect, brother. Don't change. Thank You're you, a brother. stud. Much love, man. Thank you. Corey, thank you for hopping on with us. It's been a pleasure. Um, just quickly, those qualities that you said you know, with the or old players say about you from mm-hmm. teammates. I mean, sounds very similar to what we hear about MJ and Kobe. Mm-hmm. And those are some goats right there. Um, so somewhat abrasive, call you out. But overall, 
competitive, wants to win. So I think those are great qualities to have. Um, and I respect you, man. I, you, man. I, I appreciate the just the fo- fucking positive energy every day. Mm-hmm. And uh, dude, you're 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 the same every day in a good way. You know, getting but better, better, but better. So thank you. Final questions. Mm-hmm. What would you tell your 18-year-old self mm. after high school? I would probably tell him to like, I guess this is like the, the phrase I would tell him is like zoom out. Like when things start happening to you and you know, and like I know, I know that they're going to start happening to you. Um, like try your best to like zoom out and see the pic, see the bigger picture. Don't let the circumstances like take you over and try to, or don't let the circumstances take you over and um, really think about everything in the grand scheme of things and how small of a portion of your life that this is and know that there's like, you know, greater weeks and months and years ahead. Um, because I definitely had a tendency at eight years old to get wrapped up in what was happening right now and forget about what, how small of a deal that it really probably would be. Um, and I still struggle with that. So yeah, zoom out. What would you tell your 22 year old self think post college? Um, I would tell him like like the the stuff that you're doing every single day like it feels it feels small but it's like it's not like you told me Murph always says like the small shit leads to the big shit or the you know leads to a bigger pile of shit like the things that you do every single day like are not going to be what others are willing to do and it's going to start adding up like you're not going to see it day to day but you're going to look back, you know, seven months from whenever and you're going to see how amazing and how like how big of steps you've taken just by doing small stuff every single day. So I would tell him to like stick with your routine, stick with what works and like keep doing it every single day, you know, whether you feel like it or not. Love it. Boom. Bang. And just because you brought Bang. up Coach Murphy, Coach Murphy, I love you. Coach Kibler, I love you. Mom and dad. Tuffy, I love you. Alisa, Sienna Logan, love you. Corigato, son. Hi. Much appreciated. Domo, baby. Domo, baby. Domo. Thanks, Thank boys. you. Thanks, boys. Dirty Dogs. Congrats, another episode wrapped up. Thank you again for tuning in. If you can please do us a favor and follow us on Instagram at the Outliers, T H E E Outliers Podcast. And subscribe, follow, tell a friend. We would greatly appreciate the love and support. It's love always. Peace.